0: Bloody Elbow presents Crooklyn's Corner, a hodgepodge of current event topics from the combat sports and entertainment community. Here is your host, Crooklyn, a.k.a. Steffi Haynes.
1: Hello and welcome to Crooklyn's Corner. I'm your host, Crooklyn, but most of you know me now by my given name, Steffi Haynes, and joining me once again for an end of year awards wrap up is my wonderful friend and amazing colleague zane simon zane welcome back thank you for doing this for me yet again this is probably our third year and i'm loving it because you always give me good stuff and i'm not gonna lie you drive the numbers up so there's a (laughs) lot of that to do with it too from from
2: five to ten huh
1: 10 to 20. Come on, give us a little bit.
2: I'm I'm big time.
1: You're big time. (laughs) So did you have a good holiday?
2: I did. I did. It's been very quiet. It's been very uh, low key, you know, just get to go visit my parents for the Christmas day and stuff like that. Have a nice meal. No big trips, no big gifts, no big plans, nothing like that. But very nice.
1: We did the same. No big gifts, no big plans. We just stayed in. I cooked some steaks, and we just mellowed out and watched TV. But we're recording this on December thirtieth. So, do you have a big plan for New Year's?
2: No, no. I mean, you know how it is. You start getting old, and who wants <laughs> to stay up until midnight? Like, well, I mean, I say this is somebody who stays up until like two in the morning every morning, every night. But. Uh, you, no, I can't, you can't can't convince anybody else to do that with me, so.
1: <laughs> well, over here, Eric works nights, so I pretty much sleep whenever I feel like it.
0: And so <laughs>
1: it appears like I'm online 24-7, but it's just because of my sporadic tweet habits. I'll be laying in bed, watching TV and tweeting the whole time, and people just assume, wow, that chick is always online, but I'm really not. <laughs> Anywho. Let's get down to brass tacks and look at these end-of-the-year awards. And what this is, is I pick out a category. I give it to Zane, and he tells me who his pick is for the category, just like last year. But we've got quite a few, and so we're going to go ahead and get started with our first topic, Rookie of the Year. Zane, who do you have for me?
2: Uh, Well, I mean, I got to say, honestly... If we're if we're really talking about like overperforming based on and like de- overperforming debutants and people bringing so much more than anyone would have expected to uh, the UFC this year. I mean, and I, I I'm saying the UFC because I will admit I'm a bit of a basic bitch. Um, <laughs> I I watch plenty of other MMA. But I am not nearly as keyed into everything day to day as I am as I am UFC, just because you know, most of my most of our job revolves around coverage and like what we're actually covering and talking about, and we're covering and talking about the things that other people care about, which is the UFC. So, uh, if I'm telling who made the big splash in the UFC this this year, honestly, Got to be Askar Mazarov, right? Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> that dude was terrible. Oh, my God. He had no... He, there was no reason he should have ever, ever, ever gotten anywhere near the UFC, ever. And he conned and connived and slipped and slided his way into a UFC contract, into an Octagon debut. And sure, he got blown out of the water immediately and failed a drug test and uh immediately retired. <laughs> but like what a hell of a what a hell of a trick to pull. You know? Like that that has gotta be if you're looking at who really like did it up big this year, it's gotta be him. Otherwise, you know Jailton Almeida.
1: Yeah he had a great
2: year. Jack Della Maddalena. I think that's more with Jack with Jack, it's more of a case of like I expect him to have a really big year next year. Because mm-hmm. he, he had some good wins and stuff, but it was other than um really blowing um oh man, the Russian guy I'm blanking on right now.
1: Hold on just uh, you got it? Yeah. Okay.
2: Uh other than blowing up uh Ramzan Amiv. As quickly as he did, it was he was mostly booked in fights that I, you know, it was seemed like, oh yeah, he's he's gonna win, he's gonna beat mm-hmm. Danny Roberts and Pete Rodriguez and Angelusa. Uh, the other obvious person who really had a great chance to make a big splash this year was uh Yasmin Hargley, mm-hmm. who really kind of went from being unknown to being a feature performer for the UFC, which that's awesome. So, you know. I probably would hand it to Jack or to Jailton Almeida Mm -hmm. personally, because he did, he did the, not only did he have a great debut at light heavyweight, but then he jumped up to heavyweight Mm as, as a dude who I want to say on contender series or something like that. He was coming in at like 188 pounds or something for light heavyweight. Like just not a big dude, dude at all. And he has jumped all the way up to heavyweight and said, you know, I'm gonna fight here now. This is gonna be my uh you know, this is gonna be my home. And that's that's pretty awesome. He waited at 203 for his UFC debut. And uh on Contender Series. Yeah, okay, he weighed in that same at, on Contender Series too. So I don't know where I got the 188, but a small, light heavyweight Going up and fighting dudes at heavyweight is pretty cool.
1: Indeed. I I have to say, I really like your initial choice. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's got to be, right? I mean.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. I would. You know, you could have knocked me over with a feather when you said that. But as you laid out your case, it's perfect. And I have to admit, I'm, I'm going to change my pick because I picked Jack Della Maddalena. Mm-hmm. And because I mean, the man has a one hitter quitter that oh, really yeah. He's finds great. its mark.
2: I think he'll be, you know, he 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 is he has already quickly established himself as a. I want to see he. You can put him on any card in any fight, mm-hmm. and I will show up to watch it. He is okay. absolutely a cemented action talent at welterweight.
1: Absolutely appointment viewing for yeah. sure. So I love that. And I'm now changing my pick to your pick. I, I was curious how many of my picks I was gonna change because last year you changed my mind on every single one. So so far you're one and oh.
2: All right, all right. But, but yeah, ask of like definitely. who did better than him with absolutely no talent whatsoever. <laughs> and showed up and got paid. He got to be on the perform on the biggest the biggest stage in combat sports
1: and he was on the main card, am I right?
2: Uh was he? No, I think he was oh. on the early prelims. Let's see. Okay. I but
1: seen it
2: was... doesn't even matter.
1: He still got a big stage.
2: Like he yeah, this is a con man who <laughs> got it worked his way into being on a UFC card just by lying to record keepers so much and so often that uh they had to you know, they, that the UFC decided to t- to try him out. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, he's like 24 and 5, right? Looks fun. And, you know, he's like 12 and 17.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: I man.
2: think actually, right, he was on the main card.
1: Yeah, so. I, that's what I remember. But, I mean, yeah. I, you have a, a much sharper memory than I do. <laughs>
2: yeah, he's the opening bout on, on the main card of yes. uh, UFC Fight Night Volkov versus Rosenstreak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
1: amazing. All really right. awesome let's go from one end of the spectrum to the other and let's check out veteran of the year. I think we're gonna be in agreement on this one.
2: Well, I don't know. I'm I had two choices here. Okay. First one is I think it, it seems to me it's one of those like she she didn't even have a good fight in twenty twenty two. Her fights were terrible, but it's kind of got to be Carla Esparza, right?
1: Wow. Yeah. Okay.
2: She, She won a UFC title in 2022.
1: She did. She did. Like, you
2: know, somebody who held the belt a decade ago for a day got all the way back and won another UFC championship at age 35 and... You know, in in 2022 and one of the worst fights of all time. And then, of course, walked out and got absolutely hammered by uh, Li (laughs) Zhang later in the year. But that is, you know, that you you go back three years ago and you say Carlos Barza is going to be UFC champion again. Hmm. Nobody would believe you.
1: I mean, look at the odds going into that fight. How many people thought she was going to get that work from Rose? hmm Yeah, that's a good one. What What was your other one?
2: The other one is one probably also the most surprising. Man, this guy had a shockingly great year with just one moment. And that's Nate Diaz.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: Because he was a dude, every they booked him to fight hamzat Chemayev. and everybody's like well that like the ufc is slamming one last nail into the nate diaz co- coffin before kicking him out into the frontiers to go box jake paul and make a few million dollars that way and then we got you know chmayev blows his weight cut a card goes into chaos and Nate gets to fight Tony Ferguson and have like the veteran Nate Diaz performance to ride out of the UFC on a huge win according to him he also negotiated like a big they you know he and several other fighters negotiated big last second paydays for that card too
1: Yeah, especially Kevin Holland.
2: Yeah, especially Kevin Holland.
1: The rumor is that he got a million dollars. And I got that from someone that was actually on that card. And good for him because he wouldn't have seen a million dollars any other way outside of being champ.
2: Yep. And then if you're going to believe Chael Sonnen, and I can't believe I just said that.
1: (laughs) With a straight face.
2: Yeah. If. You are to believe Chael Sonnen. The word also is that the UFC, that the, like you know, the UFC is now openly negotiating with Nate Diaz to come back and fight Conor McGregor again.
1: I can believe that though. And
2: really? I can believe that too. Like that, that seems very plausible.
1: They would so make he, so much money. Oh my yeah. god!
2: So for me, if you're looking at like who's the veteran that had the best 2022?
0: Yep.
2: It's he only had one fight and it was, you know, it was a pretty decent one for him. But it was a good fight to
1: watch, too. It really was.
2: Yeah, it was a good time. It was a good fight. It was a lot of people really enjoyed it. And like, what a hell of a way to have a, a, you know, a late career year.
1: I, you know, I love this thinking man approach you've taken to everything. Um, when I when I gave Zane the, the content so that he could, you know, look around and get get a feel for what he wanted to say, I I knew he was going to give me some good stuff. But boy, your thinking man stuff has once again taken me off track. I had originally said Glover to Shera because of the amazing fight he gave <laughs> Yuri against all odds. I know he lost, but that fight was a work of greatness. Oh, yeah. But no, I mean, you have changed my mind again. And I am not going to go with Nate Diaz. I'm going to go with your initial one because the shade and Freud of that fight <laughs> is what I'm focusing on because Carla won that bill 10 years later. In the worst, fight yeah. imaginable, and something in that speaks to me. So this... I am what? So you are two for two right now.
2: And, and the and the nice part is too that even like you know the the Zhang Wei Li fight after she she walked out of that and like nobody has heard even one half second of Carlos Barza moaning and groaning. Right. Over how she got beat. Oh, I want that rematch. That, you know, shouldn't have gone that way. Whatever. She's like, yeah, fine, whatever. She was better. You know, she expected. She knew what to expect. She knew that, like, getting there and getting that. that belt wasn't something that was, like, that was an amazing accomplishment all by itself.
1: Yeah. I mean, but she never had that. Same energy going into the rose fight. I felt her self-belief going into that rose fight and all her interviews. Man, she it was a a totally different vibe because going into the Zhang Wei Li fight, you could almost feel the fear. And you Mm -hmm. could feel that she was preparing herself. She was stealing herself for what was coming.
2: Like, like I said, you go back a couple of years and you try telling people Carlos is going to be UFC champ again, and That's... not one person would believe you.
1: Yeah, I think that feat is a little bit better than Nate Diaz. But I love the Nate Diaz one, too. So very, very good. Selection.
2: Nate Diaz is just such a, like, he was so, so clearly set up for failure. Mm-hmm. And talking spent most of the, the lead up to UFC 279 talking to media about like, he didn't want this fight. Mm-hmm. He didn't like the way this was going down. He was getting, you know, he just wanted to get out of his contract, go do other stuff and was just clearly unhappy. And he's just sitting here like, Oh man, this sucks. <laughs> like, I don't want to see you in a fight. You don't want to take. I don't want to watch you take an absolute thrashing from Hamzat Chimaev. And then he walks out of the, the UFC 279 card, and he's it's just like, man, you got paid. You got a win. You are done with the UFC. You are at an apex of fame right now where you can actually make, a, you can actually have a negotiation with Jake Paul. You don't have to be Ben Askren being like, they came to me and said, here's $300,000. You either take it or get lost because we can find somebody else with your same name value tomorrow. Yeah. It's it's honestly just from a pure, like who's the old guy that really like got paid and ended the year mm-hmm. in perfect position.
1: Yeah. And the way it happened, because so many um, exterior factors played into this with, you know, Hamzat blowing his weight cut. And yeah, the whole shakeup with the card. I mean, the pieces fell into place in spite of the UFC's best mm-hmm. efforts to put the screws to Nate, and so that is probably equal to what Carla did. But I think the fact that a belt was involved, put yeah, over the top. All right, let's let's talk about fight of the year. Now, there were some really awesome fights i am dying to know what your pick is right now and i'll tell you right now my favorite fight is definitely glover yuri i'm i'm wondering if you're gonna change my mind
2: well that's right that's right up there i mean that is definitely top of the list because it's a title fight Mm -hmm. it had everything on the line you know you get like Usman versus Edwards is a huge upset Mm. because Usman was in such control of that fight, but it doesn't make for like the best fight ever. Or you've got like Adesanya versus Herrera. And like, that's, you know, this really dynamic, big swings in momentum throughout the fight. And, you know, there's such a, an amazing moment of like, wow, you know, all Adesanya has to do is survive, and he's he keeps his belt, and for Pereira to go out there and beat him, really, really impressive. But if I'm looking at like the fight that made me feel the best, and that made me like the most shocked and enter- entertained, and this is not a good fight. So, but Chris Barnett, Jake Collier. Oh yeah. Because, like, I remember beat, running B Twitter during that fight, talking about it, you know, going in. I'm like, OK, Chris Barnett is, you know, he's five foot six. I know, he's like five ten or something. But still, yeah. he is not a technical puncher at all. He's just going to keep, you know, most heavyweights are just going to beat him. And then, you know he's in his he's sitting on the stool between rounds two, one and two, and I'm and, and his corner's like you got this, you got this, and just looking at it like you do not have this, <laughs> you just got trounced for a whole round, and you look exhausted, and your eyes swollen shut. There's no way you've got this. And he comes out, and he. You know, damn it, he wins. He come, Mm -hmm. he he takes he he takes uh, Jake Collier out, and then he does his flip, and then he has like the most impassioned post fight. I just want to get everybody just wants to give you a hug right now. Speech out there ever?
1: Man, the the speech combined with the video that came out the day before the event, where he's talking about how his fiance had died three weeks before. War. Oh my God. That ripped my heart
2: out. Yeah. So for me, that's my fight of the year. I mean, you know, I would also put land Onama oh, in there as just like the most crazy, insane, bloody back and forth war possible. Yeah. And Yuri U- Glover is going to be the top. It, it is the rightful top pick. It is the biggest stakes, wildest momentum swings fight possible. But I don't think any fight made me feel as good this year oh, as Barnett yeah. Collier.
1: You, you know, Barnett Collier might have been our uh, our Glover Yon moment. Mm-hmm. Remember how that was our feel good moment last year? Yeah. This one, wow, that's a good pick. Didn't didn't quite take me over the top though. I'm sticking with my Yuri no, Glover. Fine. But out of three, you've got me two for three right now. I'm going right. to throw you a curveball. Okay comeback of the year because you know Yuri Glover could could be you mentioned Leon and Usman we have Kayla Harrison over here. we have Carla we were just talking about Carla but I'm gonna throw you a curveball and maybe I might even have you agree with me since this wasn't on the list it was a great oversight on my part so I'm adding it in as a little curveball for you but for me comeback of the year has to be matchnell. Against Sumedhji because Sumedhji uh-huh. has had basically taken him to within an inch of his life. You know, I was yeah, absolutely. And that was that comeback was so wild and unexpected. I mean, he was getting dog walked. So yeah. that was mine. So I'm curious what yours is.
2: That definitely. I mean. Much like the 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 Barnett Collier fight, it's like these, these aren't the highest stakes fights fights imaginable, but it is like the most cathartic in the moment.
1: Mm, yeah, right.
2: Some you get a moment like Schnell Sumudarji where a guy is just absolutely at the at death's door. It seems mm-hmm. like and comes back to get a win. That is that's all. It's a, it's so thrilling.
1: Yeah, and that was a thrilling, thrilling comeback. I mean, you just weren't expecting it, and when it did yeah. happen, I mean, my jaw was on my desk. Your comeback of the year. Uh
2: that and it's tough. Like I, I put myself right back in this position to have to make this, uh, to make this pick. But I mean, really, you know, it is one of those things where, like, Leon Edwards against Kamara Usman is that is. Just from like a call perspective of, you know, nobody at the point Kamara Usman lost, nobody in their right mind thought Leon Edwards was about to win that, except for John Anik blue-skying it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was a moment too, right?
2: Yeah. Like, Anik's just like, yeah, but... Leon Edwards doesn't he doesn't know how to quit or whatever. And you're yeah. like yeah whatever. Oh my god, you know.
1: And it was within seconds that he said it too. Yeah, it made it even more impactful. Definitely a good comeback of the year. But I have that fight actually pegged for another award.
2: I do here. too. I do too. Uh, yeah, why- I
1: know where you're going with it too. Yeah. Uh huh. We. For once, we actually agreed on the same pick without having to change each other's mind, I think. Oh, my God, I can't wait to get to it. But first, I need to know your round of the year.
2: I think the most memorable round of the year. There's rounds like, uh, you know, Dober McKinney, which was just like a one-round fight. And there's, you know, there, there, there were a lot of really great action-packed single spectacular moments and rounds throughout but if i'm really talking about like the round of the year of like this is something i will remember for a lot a long time it's got to be coast coast rockhold round three da-
1: all right now i have two that i agreed with you on from the start nice
2: yeah because yeah, like You just you don't get that kind of drama in sports that often where you've got like, you know, Rockhold just absolutely mad and tortured by the idea that he's getting beat by some some punk who is just as conceited and full of himself as he is. (laughs) think anything could have made Ro- Luke Rockhold more angry than getting beat by a dude like Paulo Costa who has every bit of smug satisfaction that Rockhold has carried with him his whole life
1: yeah.
2: and he, he and he's pouring blood and he's tired and he's pissed off and just getting trounced and then he hits that sweep. I think it was. It was because it wasn't a takedown, was it? Nope, it was a, sweep, it was a hit. sweep. Yep. And just starts going ham on Costa mm. and rubbing his bloody that face. That was the in. best
1: part. That made just it for me was when he's bleeding all into oh his God. mouth
2: <laughs> and just so mad about all of it.
1: <laughs>
2: and I, it, it's it's an indelible image. You, you're gonna remember that round
1: and the. The the hullabaloo around the odds going in, too. Because, I mean, when the fight was made, we were all like, wow, they really sticking it to Luke. Because he'd been talking all that shit. I mean, he'd been giving interviews that were really dragging the UFC before this fight was even made. So, the, the factors, the X factors around the fight, I think, added to it. I mean... That fight was amazing.
2: Yeah, it was great. It was a fight. I mean, I remember somebody picked, told me that, you know, like a couple of months out there, like, oh, I'm picking Luke Rockhold. I think I'm like, really? really?
1: Oh, sorry. That? Total jinx on you. You owe me a Coke. <laughs> <laughs> that was sensational. Yeah.
2: Because yeah. It's, it's just like why, going into that, too. It's just like, what have you seen out of Luke Rockhold in the last four years that would make you think he's going to beat Paula Costa? He didn't. But he made that fight shockingly close.
1: He really did. And it was an indictment on Paulo Costa because he yeah. has not looked good in any of his fights. And if Luke Rockhold broken-bodied Luke Rockhold, whose leg never heals, I mean, good oh. God, to this day, he's still wearing that freaking shin guard. Yeah. <laughs> but, but in any event, I mean, broken-bodied Luke Rockhold made that fight so shockingly close. Woo.
2: I think it really was, though. A lot of that was just at how angry Rockhold yep. was to be losing to a dude like Paulo Costa. Because <laughs> Paulo Costa started out, like, styling on him.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that first round was scary.
2: And then I think Luke just got, you know, he's just like, I cannot be losing to this beach bully-ass you know son of a bitch In my final fight of my career yep. I'm not I'm not going out here To lose to the kind of guy That would kick sand in my face I am the sand kicker Like <laughs> I don't need this I like, am the
1: sand kicker <laughs> If that fight had been Five rounds can you imagine Yeah Oof, That would have got real ugly Yeah Alright Let's talk about knockout of the year, and I think we have lit onto the plane where we come together once again in agreement.
2: Yeah, well, once, yeah, if
1: because it, they, remember the round of the year we both agreed on, so I'm yeah. thinking that this would knockout of the year. We're gonna agree on. I mean,
2: if I if I'm calling Uthman Edwards comeback yep, of the year, there it is. It has to be knockout of the year too, or at least it. It is at the top of the. The, the conversation I've got other pieces to that conversation, but it's got a, it has to start with Usman Edwards
1: mm-hmm. yep, that was mine. what's what are the other pieces to the conversation? just in case the, you sway me
2: the others are and you know there's a little recency bias in this one Dober green
1: oh yeah Because Green doesn't get knocked out.
2: Green does not get knocked out, and he was outlanding Dober. Mm. Two to one. Mm. He was- every second of that fight until the last exchange where Drew Dober knocked him out.
1: Yep. And there are some things to that whole statement. First of all, Bobby Green was tuning him up. He looked yeah. so sharp. My God, he was just putting in that work. But Dober has two incredible things going for him. A one hitter quitter. And... Yep. That chin, or should I say that jaw? Because look at him.
2: No man was the man was built to be a slugger.
1: Yeah, because and, if we look at the way he was fighting that fight, he's not technical.
2: No, no. I mean, and he like he knows what he is. He knows what he's doing. And Bobby Green knew who he he was and he what, what he needed to do. It was a brilliant fight from Green. He was absolutely just. You know, he didn't, he was never there to be hit. He was making Dober miss. He was landing all his own shots. And it was a great performance from him. Mm-hmm. But Dober just, you know, it's a credit to him to be able to take that kind of punishment mm-hmm. and to keep the confidence to know, I just need to step in and land Once. and I can change everything.
1: Yeah. And it works for him too. But Yeah. Again, like we always say though, with these guys that have those chins, one day the crack forms.
2: Oh, sure, sure. And he's yeah.
1: 33, I believe. 33 or 34. So time is tick tick ticking away.
2: I'll give him his moment of glory for now though.
1: I will, but I still uh, like the initial. I I still yeah. will never get over that that high kick. <laughs> the other
2: the other one I got to do I got to I got to give a shout out to though here is uh Jamal Hill versus Johnny Walker. Oh, yes. Because Walker hit the... He hit the mat like he was shooting a jumper. That was one of the most wild, singularly violent, momentary KOs of the year. But a perfect image of a knockout. Like you... I can think of some cool knockouts that happened this year. That is the only one where I can specifically remember... Every moment of how the person went down, you know,
1: that was definitely an image for the ages.
2: Yeah. So I I think honestly, if I'm if I'm just thinking, you know, some context, some stakes, whatever, but also just emotionally what what connected with me, it might have to be Hill Walker, because that's the one that I can just picture in my mind's eye. I remember that knockout this year.
1: I like it. I think, though, for me, if I were to rate those three, it would still be the way that they were listed. It would still be Usman Edwards, and then Dober Green, and then um, the Hill and um, Walker. Walker. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that would be the order for me. But That's... you nailed it, though. With man, I that was an insane knockout. It was. Edwards. So um, now we have two more topics and then we're going to cut this episode and we're going to chop it into two episodes for our listeners because it's a big topic list that we have and we want to give you as much Zane Simon as we can. <laughs> so we have two more topics for this episode, but they it's are the
2: Clockwork Orange uh, <laughs> episode, uh, version of the uh <laughs>
1: But the cool thing is, is we are going to run these back to back. So you'll get one on Monday, today, and you'll get another one tomorrow. All Zane Simon all the time. So Zane, got to get your...
2: Buckle up, kids.
1: (laughs) I got to get your submission of the year.
2: Well, we've already talked Yuri versus Teixeira. Mm -hmm. That's your high stakes submission performance of the year. And then we also already talked Schnell versus Sumudarji, which is to me like the, the moment of catharsis of the year that like, you know, you really felt that, that submission, the importance of that moment. And I I wrote down Lemo Chandraj too, because mm. that's, you know, a standing arm triangles, just one of those things yeah. we never see is also a very high stakes fight. Um, but I think honestly, if I'm if I'm looking at like technique and wow, that was cool. I have no idea how that person even did that. I think it's got to be Puel- uh, Claudio Puelas versus Clay Guida.
1: Oh, that's a good one.
2: That knee bar.
1: Yeah. Like
2: he warped onto that knee. I, I know Puelas got shown up later in the year that was always going to happen when you've got a guy when you've got a guy who's pigeonholing himself into being a leg lock specialist they're going to take some really bad beatings and he his day came but like that that moment against it was just like man this is i have rarely ever seen somebody it's, it's maybe not since Husamar Paul Harris have i seen somebody who can transition from Having a, just being on the mat or being near somebody to having the leg lock done that quickly, you know, just absolutely lightning fast, amazing setup, brutal submission, and a real rarity too. You don't see a lot of knee bars.
1: Yeah, definitely. I like that. That's a good one. I still am I, I have to stick with Jessica Andraj though. Uh, mainly for one reason and one reason only. She's one of my top three favorite women fighters. And so and uh, out of that top three, she sits at the very top. <laughs> so my little chief is uh, any any submission that she's involved in is automatically gonna catch my eye. But that one was sensational.
2: Oh, that was that was perfect. I, you know. And People kind of got down on him on a, a Lemosh for yeah. that loss. But and I was, facing... I was just like, how can you like, yeah, there's no way, you know, that you would ever expect anybody to do, to do that. There's no reason to train and invest a bunch of your time in blocking that submission in that position because it's not, it doesn't happen. Like you don't, You know, by the time she figured out that she was about to get choked, it was way too late. But why would you spend a bunch of time concentrating on defending that submission when it might this is the only time it'll ever happen to you in your entire career? Mm. You know?
1: Yep. All right. Let's get to our last one for this segment. And that's going to be card of the year
2: there were definitely there were a bunch of good cards this year honestly ufc had themselves a really nice year for event quality there were some you know there were a couple stinkers here and there but uh we got uh you know you Uf- that ufc london card that was hmm. super good we got a uh, i can't let me see where was the
1: just this last one i know recency bias but ufc vegas 66 was a pretty damn yeah. good card
2: So, you you know, they, the UFC, they, they put together some really quality, uh, they put together some really quality events this year. I, there were a lot to pick from. And so maybe it's a little bit of recency bias for me, but I gotta go with UFC 281.
1: Oh, yeah. I like that one too.
2: I mean, that was one of those cards that, A, it started off on an amazing note. You had Carlos Olberg icing Nikolai negumariano who up until that point had basically been the most durable light heavyweight out there right now. Mm-hmm. Like nobody has had a better chin across their career than Nikolai negumariano Never knocked out in a div- fighting in a division full of knockout artists. And Carlos Olberg just went out there and slapped him immediately. Then we got like you know a busy RZA Jackson fight. That was fine. Then we got an absolute war between Mike Trizano and Sung Woo Choi.
1: Ooh, that one was so good. Trading so all the
2: left hooks out there, you get a a, a really cathartic. Karolina Kovalkovich comeback mm-hmm. victory, you know, getting her career back on track to victory.
1: Two in a row. That marked two in yeah. a row for her and that was so nice to see.
2: Then you get a Matt for Fav- Matt Fravola going out and knocking the hell out of Atmana Zaitar. That was amazing. We get another like calm down cool off fight Andre Petroski Wellington Terman. Not a bad fight.
1: It was perfectly uh, serviceable. Good-
2: yeah, a, a good showing from Petrosky and a good like you know a little cool off break, just a little like okay, yeah, everybody, you know, let's slow it down. Doesn't all it's not all going to be all you know.
1: Go get your beer. This yeah, is the time. It, it's not
2: going to be all good times all the time. But then we bounce right back with Aaron Blanchfield absolutely wrecking Molly McCann, mm-hmm. Ryan Spawn blasting Dominic Reyes out of there, and then Hanato Moikano dominating Brad Riddell and
1: going mistake.
2: bat shit on the microphone.
1: Kano wants money.
2: Yep. <laughs> and Dan Hooker, Claudio Puelles. We get, you know, for those of you who love Clay Guida, you get your moment of catharsis. You get the leg lock guy learning that not everybody is just going to launch themselves straight into a knee bar.
1: And he cut his hair.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that was a mistake.
1: <laughs> the Samson moment has happened.
2: And then we get our moment of sadness. Chris Gutierrez, Frankie Edgar, mm. amazing flying knee knockout. Um But and you know, like it sucks, but I the best card, like I, I, I feel like the best card needs to have a little bit of everything. Mm. You need some controversy. You need some you need you need a couple slow moments, you need big knockouts, you need big submissions. You need all the parts to be there, and so Gutierrez Edgar is, is our moment of pathos, a thrilling moment, and we we feel a little bad, but these you know that's part of the game. That's part of what we show up for is the heartache, and then you get Dustin Poirier, Michael Chandler, Whew. an insanely awesome fight, which gives us all the controversy we could want. With Chandler out there fish hooking the hell out of out of Dustin Poirier, and all the bad blood between them, you get Waylay Jean going out there putting on Carlos Barza to win the belt back, and then you get Alex Pereira, Israel Adesanya, a fight of the year candidate that absolutely had huge momentum swings, thriller from front to back, amazing comeback, KO win, just. The card had everything and it opened on a, on a great note and it closed on a great note.
1: And it had a lot of stuff in the middle. Yeah. I agree. That was my card of the year too. I I didn't even look any further than that. I just, it stands out and and you're right. Probably recency bias, but top to bottom, that was a phenomenal card.
2: It really was.
1: Definitely. So we are going to wrap this episode what I want to do right now, Zane, give you a moment. Tell us what you got going on because we're on a break and y'all been turning out some good stuff with depressed us. Got anybody in mind for this week's depressed us?
2: Uh, I think we, we might go back to protégés. Oh, um, That's always been a favorite topic for us is, you know, going and finding the guys who train under the guys yeah. that we all know and love. You know, we got our... Uh, marcus mariano anderson silva protege we've got the whole world of failed diaz protege's out there
1: (laughs) you're chris avila's
2: you're chris avila's (laughs) you're you know all all these fighters who um who was the guy i can't remember now the middleweight who was like the john jones training partner um
1: I know who you're talking about, but I can't put my finger on his knee. Yeah,
2: but. yeah. He uh he had that brutal loss to Uriah Hall, one of Uriah Hall's last uh big major highlight KOs. Bevan Lewis. Uh,
1: ah yeah. yeah. Wow, there's a name that will not strike any notes in history.
2: Yeah. So that might be that might be where we go next. Uh, I'm trying to remember if we have any career retrospective stuff that we we'd like to do because there's there's always good room for that. But um, yeah, obviously we'll we'll try to make it as painful as we can.
1: So, that's <laughs> the goal. so when I'm going through and I'm editing those long long pauses that y'all never get to hear because I try and clip those down a bit. Yes, Zane, gonna make it hard on me. <laughs> All right, Zane, where do we find you on your social media?
2: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Zane Simon, and obviously on Bloody Elbow, week in, week out.
1: Doing your thing several times a week, podcast wise, every damn day, written word wise. So, until next time, please stay safe.
0: the Level Change Podcast The MMA Vivis section The 6th Round Post-Fight Show 6th Round Retro The MMA Depressed Us Crooklyn's Corner Exclusive Fighter Interviews Show Money Guest podcasts, The Hey Not The Face Podcast And Radio Style Play-By-Play For every UFC pay-per-view Be sure to follow us on Twitter At Bloody Elbow Facebook at facebook.com slash bloody elbow blog and as always on bloodyelbow.com.